Warning! An untalked podcast contains language that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed here do not reflect those of Dub Talk as a whole. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Wolf, the World Organization of Furries. Here to assure you that Dub Talk is a very pro-furry podcast. Remember kids, be nice to the furries or else your little pig boss might simply be inclined to fire you. Hello and welcome to Dub Talk, where a group of animals come together to talk about anime dubs and millennials in the workplace. I'm your host, Jet the Sloth, and tonight I'm joined by Roots the Panda, Amon the Otter, I found a shiny rock, and Megan the Tiger. Death to the patriarchy. And tonight we're here to talk about the English dub to Sanrio's hit series Aggressive Retsuko, otherwise brought to the West as Aggressive. Aggressive Retsuko was originally aired on Japanese TV as a series of one-minute shorts about a red panda named Retsuko dealing with various situations at work, and was later picked up by Netflix for a more serialized format with 15-minute episodes and a 10-episode season giving Retsuko a little bit more of a character arc. So, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about animals. Uh, I thought we were here to talk about our fursonas. Okay, I I can't suppose I probably brought that one to myself. Ding dong, you are right. (laughs) Alright. Looks like Ben Diskin's not going to be the only one going on in a true adventure of discovery on today. (laughs) God damn it! Uh, I, guess I, was gonna... I can't believe Joseph Joestar is a fucking furry. That's <laughs> where that was going to come up at some point tonight. <sighs> that poor man. Uh, all right. And all of you out there who make aggressive regrets go sodas and go, Ah, oh, no, I'm not a furry. Ding dong, you are wrong. I bet you you also denied yourself after the Lion King and Zootopia. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I guess we'll kick things off by talking about our ADR director and our scriptwriter. Uh, But before I do, there's a couple of interesting notes about this dub that I'd like to bring up. Uh, The first is that this is yet another Netflix dub being handled by an unfamiliar studio. This time it's the VSI group, who has actually had experience dubbing Netflix shows in other languages, but this is their first time doing an English dub for anime, and the first time their Los Angeles studio is being used. Uh, The other interesting thing is that unlike all of Netflix's other dubs at this point, this one is actual Union, and features a couple of actors who we haven't heard from in a good while. So, uh, with all that weirdness in mind, who would you call to direct such a strange production? Batman. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, damn it. Uh, okay, 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 <laughs> well, he... Except for he's actually a bat. Okay, yes, okay, yes, well, you would call someone bat-related. You would apparently call Lord Dio himself. Good old Patrick Seitz. Alongside assistant ADR director Chris and Parati, with these two being responsible for both the directing and casting of the show, which is uh, kind of a little bit of a rarity for California dubs since they typically have separate casting directors. And uh, as far as scripts go, in addition to Patrick Seitz, we also have Christian Lamont. And uh, fun thing that in addition to penning the scripts, Patrick Seitz also wrote the heavy metal songs. Apparently. So, uh... <laughs> nice! <laughs> there you go. Yep. 
So, uh, Patrick Sainz, of course, is no stranger to directing anime at this point, and he has worked on such shows as Your Lion April, Anohana, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and Girls Bravo, and he's also done script writing for each of those shows. Uh, Kurt Lamont is also a pretty familiar name when it comes to dub scripts, and some of his work includes Gara the Animation, Little Witch Academia, and Skip Beat. Uh, as far as Christian Parati goes, however, this is a, her first anime directing credit, as far as I can tell. Thoughts? Uh, I'll go first, I guess. Uh, I'd first off like to start off with protein. Protein. <laughs> protein. As, as, uh, yes, uh, we don't quite have enough time to bring it up in today's discussion, but in addition to directing, script writing, and writing song lyrics, Patrick Science is also in the show as a character who literally just says protein all the time. Isn't he also? Isn't he also like the uh, the the manager of the karaoke club, the the mandrill? Yeah, okay, yeah, I think he is. It definitely sounds like him, so I'm gonna say yes. Okay. Protein. No. Um. No, I really, I actually really enjoyed the casting and directing of this show. Um, this is a show that, despite being a comedy, uh, is also a social commentary show. So when you're writing and directing it, you have to tread a very, very um, thin line of being really funny with the. Um, direction of the delivery and stuff but as a writer you can't go too far in either direction um or you lose the balance and i think uh a really captures that very well i think patrick and all of the rest of the crew did a really really fantastic job as that um there was a lot of chances to play on certain stereotypes with some characters that they didn't and i really appreciate that and then there are other times where uh while i don't necessarily like the stereotype voice and i'll get to that it works really well for those particular characters because that's what the dub calls for if this was say a show like uh little witch academia where i did have a problem very openly with how one of the characters voices are portrayed i don't have that same problem here i think patrick does another really good job I don't 100% necessarily remember him directing a comedy, uh, because as we know, Your Line, April, and Anohana are fucking hilarious. Though I haven't actually seen- that's total sarcasm. Um, I've never seen Girls Bravo, so I can't say if that's- that's a comedy, right? That's nominally a comedy. Whether or not it is funny is another question. Yeah. So, I- really good job there, and, uh, in, in terms of the studio, um, I know when Jet said that this was a studio that doesn't handle 100% um, English adaptations for Netflix, we're not going to name names, but there's another show that some of us may be doing, thanks Jet, um, <laughs> that, that was uh, a, a, not, a studio that we haven't really talked about before on Dub Talk. That got the chance to do a Netflix dub, and it turned out to be a flaming dumpster fire covered in horse shit dropped on the lawn of a certain house in D.C. filled by a man who wears orange. Um, anyway, that being said, I'll pass it on. Uh, Roots? Yeah, so... I, um... Like, I like the direction and script writing of the show, but I feel like... I don't know, it, it's a different kind of bite than the Japanese version. Because 
there are cultural boundaries with a show like Agretzko that really... They're kind of hard to translate into, uh, into something Americans would understand. I mean, Japan is a culture where you frequently have people who will literally work themselves to death. And this is... Agretzko is the kind of show that is trying to kind of poke at that a bit. Not not in any sort of uh, cynical way, but sort of... It, it's meant to, I don't know, jab at the rib of that co corporate culture. And it's... And like I said, it's hard for that to be translated into something that can be easily understood by an American audience. So some things kind of had to be softened. I do think that 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 it works it just it just seems a little bit different mm, okay yeah that's pretty fair uh i'm on uh, i mean I, I i also enjoyed this a lot i uh before watching this in english i watched it in japanese and uh, i think the dub is of about equal quality maybe i might actually prefer this a little more uh in cer for certain performances um that thought it was just very strong all around i also want to give um Kudos to Patrick Seitz for the song lyric translation, because uh, generally speaking, trying to tran well, tra trying to translate songs from a language to another is hard, because most languages don't share the same, like, meter, internal rhyme, all that kind of stuff. And obviously that's a little different for death metal than, like, pop songs, but the point stands. And I thought he did a very good job of, like, adjusting it so that it fit the music still, but also, like, made sense and was coherent, and I'm sure that helped that he had, like, an actual singer working with him on those parts. Um, but I also just enjoyed that a lot, because he clearly had a lot of fun of just like, alright, what's, what's just the most blunt, angry way I could put this sentiment? <laughs> there we go. There we go. What, what sounds best being screamed at the top of somebody's lungs in someone else's face? What's, what's, what should I choose? Like, the, the metal songs were definitely one of the, the high points of this show. Oh, definitely. Oh, uh, yeah, pretty much all of them were yeah, fantastic. Definitely. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed this a lot. I, I, uh, oddly enough, this is actually one of the few shows that, because I, I ended up watching both in the Japanese and English, I could actually point out places where they change things slightly, which I thought was interesting. Um, the one that sticks out is in the first episode when the guy walks in with drinks and stuff. Uh, and the Japanese response is, I didn't order anything. Oh, no, I've been found out. But in the English, it's just like, yeah, put it on the table. Like, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I do. You work here. <laughs> Give me my food, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I enjoyed a lot. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've been, I was very happy with this uh, adaptation. I thought it was very good on both the directing and writing end. Okay, so, all right, so at this point, I think it's safe to say that Patrick Seitz is pretty much one of the best ADR directors in the biz, and whenever he works on a new project, you're probably in for a good time. Uh, the reason I brought up Girls Bravo earlier was because that was actually his first directing project, and while he hasn't really done any straight comedy since then, uh, this dub certainly demonstrates that he's got a pretty good knack for it. Uh, all the performances here are really on point, and Patrick and Kristen do a really great job of helping us to both laugh at and cry with these characters as they go through their lives, and uh, they handle the casting really well, so I really gotta give them some serious props for that. As uh, far as the script goes, well, if you've lived, listened to me on any other episode or Twitter, you'll know I can get kind of prickly about adaptive script writing and uh, whether or not a dumb script has gone too far off the deep end. Uh, this show has an extremely loose script, which would normally be a big red flag for me, but I actually think this works for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first being that this is a comedy, so a looser script is kind of a given. 
And uh, given this dub was being targeted for an audience as wide as his Netflix's subscriber base, it kind of makes sense they'd want to lean more towards the sensibilities of said audience. And uh, the second being that while it's really loose in terms of dialogue and how it follows up on jokes, it manages to stay true to the spirit of both the material and the characters, and it never feels like it's pushing things just a little bit too far for the sake of an extra punchline. So uh, that Patrick Seitz and Kurtzel Lamont were able to make this work as well as it did is honestly pretty impressive. And I'd go so far as to say this might actually be my favorite dub script of the year so far. Oh, wow. Hmm. Alright, so I guess we're going to start diving into our cast with a few of our minor characters. Uh, we have the CEO, Puko, Rosatsuke, and Manumaru. Uh, the CEO is, well, he's the CEO where Resco works at. Uh, Pootsko- Oh. Pootsko. Pootsko! So now we know what the name of Jet's fursona is. Uh, uh, Puko is Retsko's old classmate who's kind of living the free life. Uh, Rosowski- She's a fucking hippie. <laughs> Rosowski is a doofus from Retsko's job at her temporary love interest, while Barimaru is Rosowski's best friend and wingman. Yep. He's the one who controls the Microsoft Sam. <laughs> yes, he is. Okay, so playing the CEO, we have Davidson Price. Playing Puko, we have Allegra Clark. For Rosaske, we have Max Middleman. And for Matumaru, we have Roger Craig Smith. Um, Jameson Price, you would know for such roles as Albert Maverick and Tiger and Buddy, Oikawa and Digimon Adventure Zero Two, and Best Pro Rider from Fate Zero. Allegra Clark is a name we've talked about pretty recently, and some of her other work includes Archer of Red and Fate Apocrypha, Slade in Berserk 2017, and Gumasugu from Kagegaruri. Uh, Max Middleman is another familiar name to this podcast, and you've heard him as Kosei Ariba from Your Light April, Saitama from One Punch Man, and very recently, His Majesty the Chimera and King in Hunter x Hunter. May long shall he reign. <laughs> I was also gonna, he was gonna say, original character, do not steal from Fate Apocrypha. <laughs> okay, uh, Roger Craig Smith is known more for his roles in Western animation, but some of his other work includes Daedara from Naruto Shippuden, Shinji from Bleach, and because it is a little bit relevant to tonight's theme, he is the current- da 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 he is the current voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, keeping the furry fandom alive. <laughs> oh, dear. dear furry fandom, please don't fucking kill us. You're all very, very wonderful, nice people for the most part. We're gonna get a lot of angry letters, aren't we? <laughs> right, I hope not. I, I stand. No, for real. That's for... like, like one of our main draws is like we're we're really furry friendly and like. Legitimately, can we, like, can I just... Yeah, no, like, legit, man. If I had to ride into battle with, like, any group of con people, I would fucking ride into battle with the furries. Furries are, like, pretty fucking cool. They have a really good culture. They're pretty... They're very nice. They're friendly to children. They're very open people. Like, I'm not... Like, we keep making jokes about furries, but I'm gonna... We're gonna get to a very fun, interesting story a little later. Furries are, for the most part, very, very nice people. <laughs> it's true. Legit, man. I played dodgeball like with a bunch of furries at a con once. They were great. 
Like, they were pretty bro. Like, kids would accidentally got hit in the face, and, like, they were the first people over there, like, are you fucking okay? For the ones that would talk in their suits, obviously, some of them don't, but... Yeah. Yeah. Be kind to the furries, man. They're really cool people. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, so what are your thoughts on the actors, Megan? <laughs> now I've got to go from fur <laughs> a PSA about don't be a dick to furries to talking about a furry dick. Um... <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Good lord. Good lord. Alright, um, now we're all warmed up. Hey, there we go. There's the chemistry you all come to love and enjoy about us. Um, no, so let's start with the CEO, because he's kind of like the most minute one. Uh, Jameson Price is great as a CEO. Uh, I'm used to Jameson Price, like, scolding me as my stern father. Like... Yeah, Jameson Price was the leader of the armed detective agency. Yeah. Right? Okay, good. He's going to give me praise. And it's really funny to actually hear him kind of be a little bitch baby in this show. <laughs> because he's kind of a little bitch baby to, wa to watch... Uh, yeah, Washimi. Yeah. Washimi, when um, Washimi is like, Hey, boss! What'd you spend this month? This is stupid. You're dumb. And then, like, <laughs> confronting him about his sex, like, about sexism in the workplace, uh, where he's just like, but, but I don't want to. And she's like, bitch. <laughs> um, and it's very interesting of, like, of all people, it's Jameson. I didn't know that it was Jameson Price. Like, he was doing, like, the most nice little old man voice for this little old man elephant. Um, Puko, Allegra Clark. I like Allegra Clark in things. Uh, and I like her as this flaky hippie lady. Um, man, a lot of people are like, Puko screwed Rosetsko. You go see one Love Live concert and you forget how your brain works. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what Love say Live you... concerts do. Man... Man, this chicken wings are really good. Um, anyway, back to what I was talking about. Uh, no, Allegra Clark as Puko was really good. She got the hippie, like, kind of like, hey, like, she didn't do the stereotype voice for it, which was really nice. She didn't do, like, the hey, man, hey, hey, uh, I'm at, you know what I, you know what the, and she doesn't sound like me right now. The, the problem is, guys, I keep wanting to call Retzko by the actress's name who plays her, that's why. Uh. Um, so, having her not just be like, hey, girl, like, what's up? You want to go smoke a bowl with me? Hey, you want type this of sugar cube? It's got oh, LSD no. in it. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ed, what do you see? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> this week on the one Mr. Ed, Mr. Ed trips balls. <laughs> Wilbur, help me. It's a bad trip, Wilbur. <laughs> Wilbur, why? Why did you do this, Wilbur? I can Wilbur. see sounds, Wilbur. Wilbur, I can taste the colors. <laughs> okay, we're not we're not talking about the pain until like an hour from now. Come on. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Legra. Please forgive me if you ever listen to this that we're talking about 
someone's childhood tripping balls. Um, but no, I, I really enjoyed her. I liked that she had kind of like the laid back attitude that she didn't go super stereotypical with it, which I feel like under um, a different director or somebody who didn't really have a good sense of what this show was really about would really lose that. Um, Manmaru, a.k.a. Roger Craig Smith attempts to get Saitama laid. Um, he's basically like the big obnoxious dude bro at your office. Um, he really gets that across. Um, but Risa oh, Risasuke. Oh, Microsoft Sam. <laughs> um, he is the Microsoft Sam of people. And by people, I mean red pandas. Um, good lord. Max had to play him as emotionless and monotone as possible. Which is really funny because, uh, Max Middleman has done a lot of really, like, emotional and care- I mean, he's the king of the Chimera Ants, long may his reign be. Um, it'll- it'll last at least until February of 2019 and traumatize several people along the way. <laughs> um, oh, rest in peace, the poor seven-year-olds who stay up till 2am watching Hunter Hunter with their- when their parents aren't looking. Y'all are gonna be dead. Um. Also because Andrew's not here. Hey, Andrew! Is cult poop? Anyway. Um. No, uh, But I really liked Rasasuke, and I really like when he and Retsuko sing in episode 9? Yeah, I think it's 9. Oh, Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like how he does- he keeps the Microsoft Sam voice. Even when he sings. Oh, that was great. It's like, it's like, you are the space cadet from sales. You're the girl who threw up at the bar. <laughs> like, God, God, Max, like, I, you're such a, he's such a good actor. And I, and I love that he completely, like, just sells Rasasuke's weird monotoneness. Rasasuke is Microsoft Sam given body. <laughs> Roots of justice. Okay, so um, the CEO, like I, right before we started recording, I decided to restart episode one just to get a quick refresh. And it's kind of interesting seeing that uh, Jameson Price's CEO goes from this um, like very authoritative like, gentle, fatherly, authority figure in, like, the first couple minutes of the show where he's talking to the new hires about, hey, let's all do our best. And then we get to a little later in the show after uh, Redsko makes friends with the, um, with some of the higher-ups. And he's actually just this kind of dumb... He clearly inherited his position from... Uh, higher up in his family, and he doesn't know Hell what to yeah, do. Hell yeah, nepotism! <laughs> like, it, it's abundantly clear he could not run a company to save his own life, and he plays him in that scene like a child, and it's... I could not stop laughing at it. Just like, no, not my model! <laughs> like, uh, what amount of drugs do you have to be on? Uh, your your soma noodle slide is a good idea. Easy, he's 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 rich and stupid. 
I'm assuming he's stupid if he came up with that idea, because that's, that's just so... Yeah. I don't, th I don't think he talks to but people you know, very often. Like, that would be something that'd boost morale, just a water slide of noodle. It would boost morale until Summit slips off the uh, thing and breaks all the computers. Oh, yeah, true. And then Tan has to do all the work himself, <laughs> and he won't be happy. <laughs> and, uh, so Allegra Clark's Puka was really, for the, like, two, three episode arc she got, it was really fun. Uh, she played her pretty bubbly, but, you know, not, t like Megan said, not, like, stereotypical hippie. Like, she was, she was warm, she was bubbly, and, like, fun and gregarious, carefree. Like, I, I, I can't complain. Um, and Monmaru as the sort of crappy wingman of Rasasuke. Like, I, honestly, I really don't remember his speaking lines all that much, because he gets, like, maybe a couple lines. But I do remember him sort of being kind of the, like, like Megan said, kind of, kind of the do-bro. And, <clears throat> God, Max Middleman's Rasasuke. What I really like about it is, like, he is monotone and robotic, but it's when, um, it's in Retsuko's delusions of him. Where he... When, he, when he's got the dreamy bishy face, but he still yeah. sounds like the way he usually does. Like, yes, <laughs> he still kind of sounds robotic, but it's like, oh, what, uh, how do I word it? Like, it, it's like somebody put like a Bishonen character through like one of those, um, one of those computer programs. They put it through the Microsoft Sam voice. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you were a kid and. Like, you found the, the speech-to-text thing on your computer, and you would just start putting the word penis into it? <laughs> <laughs> or but, boobs? But yeah, like... Both the, um... Both regular Rasasuke and... Retsuko's delusion of Rasasuke were both played slightly differently. If you really listen, you can pick it up, but it, it was really cool. Can I say something really quick about Rasasuke's Bishonen face? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did anybody get really weird flashbacks to him? Like, to me, whenever he had the Bishonen face, he reminded me of Ichio from Fairy Tale. Oh, 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 God, I see that now. <laughs> Man! Rasasuke! Let's go! Do you want to smell me? I smell my fingernails. Man! <laughs> Chris Guerrero is gonna sue me. What was the character name? Ichia, the guy from Blue Pegasus, who like kept like kept like worst place harassing Urza. Ichia, okay. Whoa, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Someone that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. He looks like that guy with the Bashonen face. Uh. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Yeah. And then remember, there's like a cat, Nietzsche, which is the cat with it, that face, which is Wait. basically Sasuke. <laughs> the guy's not even 30! <laughs> Some people that? grow up beautiful. Some people get beaten in a back alley with the ugly bat, and that's Ichia. <laughs> Ichia is 29! 
I mean, you know Ichi got the short side of the stick in Fairy Tale when the main villain Zerif drops panties faster. <laughs> I mean, it's not like anybody on this on this episode thinks that Zerif's cute or anything or like that. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, at least Zerif is hotter than fucking uh, Jalal. Mm, yeah, true. Uh, anyway, back to your regularly scheduled furry program. <laughs> but yeah, like, the... There was a little bit of duality. It was really fun. Amon, what did you think? Uh, this, is, this, is a, this is a nice set of characters I enjoyed. Uh, Jameson, I mean, the CEO is not in very long, but I did like his sort of blissfully... This sort of, he's, like, he's, an, he's an adult, but he's also just kind of a petulant child that Washimi has to kind of keep in line because he's clearly terrified of her, uh, which is a lot of fun. Um, I like Roger Craig Smith's as Monomaru. He got that kind of, you know, burly... He's, he's trying to help out a pal, and he just doesn't understand that it's not going to work out. Like, give it a rest. No. Um... I like her was a lot of fun as Puko for like, the same reason you guys are talking about. She was very, like, light, and she was very, you know, calm and relaxed. And I thought she played very well off of the Rexico in their scenes, as far as just, like, you know, you can kind of tell why these two are friends, even though they're very different people. Uh, but I, th I think we all agree the highlight of this section is Max Middleman. Uh, for point of reference, the last thing I saw him in was probably Persona 5, where he plays Ryuji, who could not be Let Ryuji say fuck! <laughs> Now, now, he gets to say lots of other swears, just not that one. Um, but yeah, the, he could not be farther away, and I was just, I enjoyed he, the way he could just be so funny while saying so very, very little with so little inflection. Boy, it sure is cold out. I'm fine. It's a good thing <laughs> I brought this jacket. And he doesn't even, like, offer her the jacket when she says she's cold. No, he look, 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 look. The man is very happy with his eight million plants. He doesn't need social skills. He's got, he's got all the company he needs. Uh, all right. Yeah, no, he, Max, Max is great. In this, props, sir. Okay. Um. So I don't have much to say on Jameson Price. As he's just kind of there, like you guys were saying. Uh, but it was pretty funny, and watching him try to dance around the whole situation with Russell being harassed felt very true to life. Uh, Manumaru is also just kind of there, but hey, we don't really get to hear Roger Craig Smith much in anime these days. And the man's obviously very familiar with comedy, so it was nice he got to show up here, and, uh, he played the part of the whole jockish dude very well, and, you know, he could just, you could really tell he's just trying to look out for his boy. Allegra Clark as Puko was a lot of fun, since it really helps to demonstrate how crazy her rage is, and she got a whole slacker attitude off perfectly. Uh, but one of the things I really appreciated about Puka was that while she does kind of come off as pretty irresponsible, I also appreciated that they show she's mature enough that, you know, she respects Retsuko's desire for a stable life, and, uh, she knows she wouldn't be able to pursue her own dreams if there weren't people like Retsuko putting up with crummy office life, so... I thought that was a pretty good touch and made the character feel a little bit more real. Uh, Max Miniman as Rasasuke was very interesting, since... He didn't really get to emote much or do anything particularly funny, but he managed to make Rosasuke sound as dry and dull as possible without being distracting, so that was pretty great. And it was very amusing learning that the man actually has a pretty solid singing voice. Uh, Rosasuke himself is just kind of a wet paper bag, but he served his purpose pretty well. 
And I appreciated that instead of, you know, just making him like a fragrant jerk, he's literally just inconsiderate enough to give the impression that Retsuko kind of needs to ditch him, and it's great when she figures that out. Um, so everyone here was basically pretty spot on for what they needed to do, and um, they really did a lot to make most of these characters memorable. And with that, I guess we're good to head on to our next section. So our next group here are who I like to call the office nuisances. Uh, they're basically the people who make life irritating at work in small ways, but just enough to keep Retsuko miserable. So, we have Kabaye, the office gossip, we have Subode, that old senior who keeps asking Retsuko to do stuff for her, who is accurately portrayed as a viper. Uh, we have Sudoda, who plays the part of the office ditz and is also very accurately portrayed as a doe. And Kamiya, who's that one little weasel who stabs everyone in the back to get points with the boss and is, well, a weasel. Remember, kids, animal casting is important, too. You gotta catch your animal- He's a meerkat! Is he? <laughs> yeah, he's a meerkat! Uh, uh, okay, I, I, I actually wasn't totally sure what animal you were supposed to be. Yeah, I think he's a, he's a meerkat, uh, which, to be fair, are little African digging weasels. Okay, so basically he's a weasel. Yeah, he's just a fancy weasel. <laughs> okay, okay, but- I have just offended some meerkat expert somewhere! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, basically Oh either. my god, I just understood something. What? He's a meerkat. Tone is basically a pig. It's Timon and Pumbaa. up, 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 In the office, the sexist office. Regret, regret. Rosatsko doesn't sleep tonight. <laughs> In the office, the sexist office, regret. I keep on calling her Regretsko. <laughs> Doesn't sleep tonight. Boingo up, boingo up, boingo up, boingo up. Hey, bumbo way. That's not the genre featured in this show. <laughs> Okay. Wrong time. Ah, as long as Disney doesn't find out we're good. Oh! Okay, so I guess we should probably talk about who these actors are. Uh, so for Kabai, we have Misty Lee. Uh, for Subone, we have Deborah Cardona. Uh, for Tsunoda, we have G.K. Bose. And for Kamiya, it's good old Todd Hammercorn. Uh, Misty Lee is known more for her work in video games and... Magic, apparently, since she's actually a stage magician. Huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's actually really Neat. cool. Yeah. As uh, far as anime goes, this is actually her first named role. Uh, Subone is also Deborah Cardona's first anime role, and uh, most of her career is in live-action stuff, with a few roles in uh, Scandal, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah, uh, G.K. Bose, you would know for roles such as Princess Charlotte in the second and third Berserk films, Kial from Gurren Lagann, and Mayu Orihara from Durara, and Todd Habercord is pretty much a household name for anime dubs, who you have heard as Def the Kid and Soul Eater, Ling from Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, and Natsu Dragneel in Fairy Tale. Wait a minute. Okay, so you said, uh, is it Tsunoda? She's the little deer, right? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So notice she's the one who's Princess Charlotte, right? Yeah, she's the one who's Princess Charlotte. Charlotte, get over here! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That means she's. Isn't that Misty in Pokemon though? <laughs> Uh, Misty in Pokemon is Rachel Willis. She was Charlotte in the first movie. Okay, yeah, because I remember we were watching the Berserk bloopers at Anime Boston for the movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that guy's getting stabbed! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll start us off since I'm already derailing everything again. Hey, uh, no, so, um, you have to remind me what animal is which, uh, uh, Kabai is the big hippo, right? Yes, Kabai is a big hippo. <laughs> okay. So normally I hate when they do the big dumb fat girl voice. Which is what Kabai has. Because she's a big fat gossip. But it works because it makes her funnier. Because it, you're not supposed to take her seriously. And it really helps. Like I said in the Little Witch episode, I hate when they just give the fat girls the big slow. Like, hey guys! I'm the fat character. But she's kind of got the big dumb voice, but she's a fast talker because she's a gossip. Um, and she's the right level of annoying and awful. Uh, Koimiya, uh, she gets a, she does a really good job with the old Viper lady voice. I thought she was a Komodo dragon, okay, not okay, a Viper. Uh, the, okay, uh, the Viper was, uh, Tsubode. Sorry. <laughs> okay, Tsubode. Uh, alright, yeah. Okay, sorry for Tsubone. Uh, Subone has gets the really grumpy, bitchy old lady voice down, which is not something you get to hear a lot of with older characters. Um, there aren't a lot of like crazy, bitchy old ladies in anime comedies that I've watched, unfortunately. Um, Sunoda the little deer. Oh, good God. <laughs> Fuck this bitch. Um, she's got the, oh, Mr. Tone, like, huh, push up your tits and cry for your man voice. Um... Oh, come on, you know it's true. Um, but she's also kind of got, like, the, Oh, I know that Fenico doesn't like me. So, like, you know that, like, she's got the cute outside, but, like, the evil whore biscuit inside. Like, you know that she's pure Satan evil, like, Kubei on the inside, under that, uh, cute little deer outfit, which I really enjoyed in, uh, the performance. Um... And, oh boy, I love punchable Todd Habercorn characters. Um, <laughs> come here, come here. Tum Reject Japan Timon. Um, I'm just going to call him Reject Timon here. Reject Timon himself is annoying. And he's very, very, and he's obnoxious. The inclusion of Todd Habercorn's performance go brings him from, like, obnoxious, but yeah, I can deal with him, to, man, I really want to punch this guy in the face. Which is perfect for the character. Uh, Todd Habercorn's really good at chewing scenery, um, and all four of these characters easily chew scenery for anything they're in, but they don't ever overpower the main cast, which is really, really great. Because I feel like if they were a little bit too obnoxious in, or not obnoxious enough, You'd really lose a lot of it, so good job to all four of them. Okay, Roots? Alright, um... I I have to mirror what uh, Megan said on Kabaye. Uh, like, her, a lot of her comedic timing just comes from how annoying and gossipy the character is. She appears out of nowhere and, um... Like, she'll show up out of nowhere, drop gossip, and pop out as quickly as she can. Um, I do agree that 
You know, while the while the stereotypical fat girl voice is typically not something that helps a performance all that much, it actually did work to the character's favor here. Um, let's see here. Who else are we doing? Um, Sonoda. Actually, I'm, I'll get to Sonoda later. Uh, Tsubone. Uh, the sort of the grumpy office lady who's been there a while and like dumps her paperwork on uh, Retsuko whenever she can. I I really like that. And um, okay, now going going back to Sonoda. I actually kind of disagree a little bit with Megan on the actual kind of character arc of of hers. Like, I ended up watching the uh, the the video Mother's Basement put out like right before we started recording, and I I actually have a lot of respect for the way he kind of painted her as sort of she's actually kind of doing it to make the more the gruffer members of the office like uh, like tone. Cause, and there was also a line in the trailer where she's like, "If, if I can make a, if I can even make a caveman a little less grumpy, it's better for everybody in the office." Yeah, I know, but then she's there's also there's like this aspect to her that is a little fake to me. <laughs> oh yeah, no, like there, there's definitely a little bit of fakeness to her, but I I do have to respect that she kind of, she kind of takes one for the team, and that kind of. That kind of changed the way I saw the character re-watching the show from the beginning. True. And <laughs> Todd Habercorn as Comia. God, like, I really like it when Todd Habercorn plays greaseball characters. Like, I I don't want to think that he is actually a greaseball, but he, he plays a really good one. Like, uh... <clears throat> Komia is genuinely a very punchable, a punchable weasel. <sighs> Please do not actually go punch Meerkat's children. <laughs> no, no, you will, trust me. You, you will, will die. You will get kicked out of the zoo for that one. <laughs> Daddy, why can't we go back to the zoo? Well, Timmy, when I was a young boy, I watched a podcast on the internet that said to punch a meerkat in the face. I didn't listen to the second part, but I think the word don't might have been in there. <laughs> I was also really... I also ate a sugar cube before I went in. <laughs> the meerkats know what they did. Uh, okay. But yeah, uh, uh, like, Todd Habercorn... Someone got a little too into meerkat manner. <laughs> yeah, uh, Todd Habercorn's natural hamminess lent itself really well here, and I, I really loved it. Hey, uh, I'm on. <clears throat> uh, you know, this this is another bunch of performances I enjoyed a lot. Um, uh, who is it? I, I I also enjoyed Kabe a lot. Um, to just I've I've worked in offices with kind of like obnoxious middle-aged ladies, and yep, that that's it. <laughs> I've met these people. They're they're annoying. <laughs> Please stop. Um, <laughs> I don't. She had the right, just kind of like obliviousness to her voice that she just will talk on and on and on I just not get through that like I'm just being polite I don't care I don't want to see your nephew <laughs> uh, also she she had she had probably my favorite joke 
in the show, which is that uh, the last episode, she was definitely on vacation and definitely wasn't spending the night in jail for corporate espionage, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. <laughs> Secret agent man! Secret agent man! Like in, in He's the, uh... stealing all your numbers! <laughs> in... The, the, way, the way the Japanese actress plays it, it sounds like it might actually have been a misunderstanding, but English, like, no, it's very clear. She was definitely caught doing corporate espionage. That is definitely <laughs> trying to cover her ass, and I, I find that... Like, as, gopy, uh, as gossipy as she is, I'm, I'm not surprised at that in the slightest. Nope. Ah, uh, time to... We here at Konami have not sent a sleeper agent into Nintendo's headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> we do not have a track. We we here at Konami have not made a Guillermo del Toro robot to spy on Hideki Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Isn't that right, Guillermo? Yes, sir. I have an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, Gilmore has two Oscars. He always mentions that fact. <laughs> um, anyways. Um, never find this, Caramo del Toro. Never find this. But if you do find it, hey! We're big fans. Um, yeah, Mystique was delightful. Um, I enjoyed um, Deborah Car Cardona's Subone a lot um, for the same reasons. I thought she just got a lot of that kind of like nasty, like, I have just a, a little modicum of power over you and I'm going to abuse that for all it's worth. Um, aspect to the character. Um, I also, and I, I also really liked um, Caitlin Goldis Finoco, Fenico, just for being so, just so nakedly awful and self-serving, just terrible and so mean. Ugh. It's like, oh, you're, oh, you're wearing sandals. I think you're on. The, I, oh, you're talking about the deer, yeah, right? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's not got. Yeah, so no, no. Sonoda's the no, that's Sonoda, thank you. I have my notes. I'm looking at the wrong part of my notes. Uh, Sonoda, who was just the same thing of just like, Oh, you're wearing sandals. Isn't that cute? <laughs> Bye. Gonna steal the elevator from you. <laughs> Schadenfreude. Fuck you, lady. That's what stairs are for. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and at um, least she's wearing her comfy stairs shoes. Yeah, no, uh, Jake, Jakey Biles is a lot of a lot of fun as that, and Todd Havercorn, he's, he's very good at playing Grease. I, I long for the day where there's an anime that has an actually used car salesman in it, so they can just uh, cast Todd Havercorn in it and give him the role he was born to play. <laughs> Before we move on to Jet, hey guys, because I know the other two of you have watched Shiki, this is his character from Shiki's persona. Oh no, you're right! <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Komi is a little too competent to be his character from Shiki. <laughs> like he's. Ooh, this is true. He at least got far enough in life to be a brown noser. The Shiki character would not is not that smart. Yeah. This is true. But yet that you're, Shiki character made it pretty damn far. That's true. You are you are otherwise totally correct. So this is definitely his persona. Uh, all right. Uh, so I don't have too much to say about Missy Lee or Deborah Cardona since their characters are just kind of there, but uh, both were very funny and they played their parts pretty well. I mean, I liked how you were saying how uh, Deborah really played up having, you know, just a little bit of power over Retsko and that was really fun. Uh, I mean, between the two, I'd probably have to lean a little bit more towards Missy Lee as Kabaya, though, since, again, that whole secret agent punchline was really great. And uh, <laughs> I really wasn't expecting that one. Uh, Tad Hoppercourt is no stranger to comedies at this point, and while this wasn't, like, 
among some of the funniest stuff he's done. He certainly did make Kumia sound like an annoying little weasel. And it really made me want to see the guy get some kind of comeuppance, even though I know that wouldn't happen in real life, because... As a, because that, that whole thing where he kind of sells out Resco to Todd, that, that was just like, really, man? <laughs> oh, yeah. he's that type of person. Yeah, that's right. He's that asshole in the office. Yeah. Uh, yep. Oh, yeah, have we mentioned I'm, like, the only person who currently works in, like, a corporate office? Yes, this is specifically why I wanted you on this episode. <laughs> I'm not saying what company I work for. I just work in a corporate office. My team is pretty funny. I will tell one work story at the end of this that involves Shrek. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Not in that way, you freaks. <laughs> I, I just, I didn't think it would be that way. It's just, what good can come from this? <laughs> okay. Uh, Anyways. Yeah. So, uh, the one I really want to talk about, though, is Sedona, because the show really managed to change my impression of her as it went along. Uh, in the beginning, like Meg was saying, she just kind of came off as pretty ditzy and mean, and uh, J.K. Bowes did a really good job of playing up that fake innocence. Uh, but when Rutsko actually got to sit down with her and ask her for advice, we learned that she's actually pretty honest about how much of what she does in an act, and um, she doesn't believing that if she sucks up to Tom, it'll make him a little bit less grouchy and, you know, just make everyone's day a little bit more bearable. And that, that made her a lot more likable to me. And it helps that, like, after we learn about this, both the character and uh, J.K. Bo's performance become a little bit more down-to-earth, and, uh, while she still puts on the whole cutesy act when she needs to, we also see that, you know, she, she knows how to be blunt when she needs to. And, uh, it's really great when you can see different sides of a character like that, and, uh, she played it up really well. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And with that, we are done talking about the office nuisances, and it's time to move a little bit higher up the corporate ladder. The reason why you yes! watch this show. <laughs> uh, yes! Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, so getting into our first pair of the evening, we have Washimi and Gori. Uh, Washimi is one of the senior staff members at Red Scoat Job, who also serves as a secretary for the CEO. While Gori is another... Who's also a secretary bird? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the animal punch. The animal punch lines of this show are very strong. <laughs> uh, Gory is another senior staff member who's a bit more of a busybody and befriends Retsko after finding out they take the same yoga class. So, uh, playing Washimi, we have Tara Platt, and playing Gory, it's J.K. Bose again. Uh, Tara Platt is a name we haven't heard from in a little while, but you've heard her for roles such as, uh, Agnes Hobert from Tiger and Buddy, Marina Cruz from Gundam Unicorn, and Sari Awashima from Kane Animation. So, Megan? Oh, okay, me first. Uh, Tara Platt's also, um, I'm gonna sound really dumb in asking this. She's Tamari and Naruto, right? Uh, yeah, she, yes, yeah, she's, uh, Tamari and Naruto. Okay, that's... That's about the most. That's the who I'm most familiar wait, with. Okay. Oh right. uh, wait. Have you played? Have you ever played Persona Three? No. Uh, okay. Cause um, she. Okay. Oh, she's like Neo Jojo. She's like Neo Jojo in that game. So. Oh. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. But yeah. No. I love what she means, Goro and Gory. Like. Oh my God. Um. I would start with Gory. Gory is probably has some of the funniest lines in the show to me. Uh. One of them being, man, the baddest, this baddest bitch in the office walk really hurts my back. <laughs> like, I lost my shit the first time I heard that. Uh, 
I love when she gets uh, the message from Protein! <laughs> like, the vision from Protein. Uh, and when she's like, ooh, like, she is uh, like a teenage girl stuck in a grown woman's body to me. And one of the things I appreciate is that even though she's a gorilla, they didn't try to go, like, I I'm trying to word this as nicely as possible. Um, they didn't make her a Tyler Perry caricature with her voice. If you know what I say. Yeah. yeah. You mean a comical, over-the-top uh, caricature of a black woman? <laughs> yes. I never felt that personally with her. I, I felt like she was just a, like, a, a, a giant like lady child in in this nice big corporate body who's like oh Resco you're in love Resco I'm gonna come to your house and look through your stuff like even though she's like this big corporate lady she is the child um and she she meshes so well with Tara Platt's like kind of quieter sterner secretary bird voice like um I think it's in episode 9 when uh, Retzko goes on the date and they're at the karaoke and they're singing about the song in the mountains. <laughs> She's like, it, it just, that is like to me like the best encapsulation of them as like a comedic duo at points. Where it's like, yeah, I don't know the worstest. No, everyone knows the worstest. Yeah, no, this is lame. <laughs> I didn't think it was. Like, there's such a childishness to Gory and then such a maturity in Tara Platt's. Uh, Washimi, and man, when she calls out the CEO, <laughs> yes, <laughs> she's such a badass. Like Tara gets this like badass, nice, stern, but she's never like super mean, and that's something I really enjoy about the character. And I, you always like for me who works in an office, like we all know those women in life who who like are like yeah no i'm good at my job and i will call you out on your bullshit uh she's a little bit like one of my bosses at work who i love to death whose name i'm not saying but like i have like one female boss and like all my other supervisors are guys and everyone respects her like a ton like she is the one that we always are like yeah no we're nobody nobody messes with her and I like that Tara Platt got that across in her performance and could still be really funny when the show needed to be. So uh, I'm going to pass it on to Roots. Yeah, um, I, I really like Tara Platt's Washimi and like and like Megan said, she she gets the really stern sights down to a T and um, she can also be kind of goofy with her too when the, the scene calls for it. And I, I really like that. But I really want to talk about Gory. Because, <laughs> funny story, I um, I ended up finding one of those uh, those BuzzFeed surveys, like what character are you kind of things. I got Gory. Yeah, I think I did too. <laughs> <laughs> which um, which kind of makes sense because she, like, she's trying to put off this this air of professionalism when she's she's at the office, but then. After she, after she's she's off work and she's you know, interacting with Retsko and Washimi, she lets out a vulnerable side, that that's really kind of refreshing. Like she is incredibly insecure, and and she wants to see her friend succeed as well. And like, 
<clears throat> GK Pose really kind of got the character nailed to a T, and I, 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 I really like the performance here. Like, it's probably one of my favorites in the show. Because it, it, it gets the, it gets a serious side of her down. It gets sort of the goofier moments, and then this, this insecure part of her. I, I, I really liked it, and I, I have nothing but praise to say for it. So I'm I'm just gonna move it to uh, to Amon. Yeah, no, I enjoyed these two a lot. They were a they were an absolutely delightful pair. Um, like I, I liked Terraplasma Shimi. I liked her, you know, her, her stern and cool, and not not like too cool for school. Cool, just like you know, I know what I want. I know how to get things done. I know how to break tables. It's very easy. Um, no, I liked her a lot, but I also I also really enjoyed um, Jakey Bows as Gory for that reason of like she she can put on this air of like deep professionalism, but you show her a karaoke bar when she's hanging out with her friends, her gal pals, and it's like we need to go do karaoke. Come on, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Now, now, now. You know, Gretzko, there's this really nice restaurant down the road. You want to go? And I just I enjoyed that like just sense of enthusiasm she always had. Both because it was very funny in her own right, and also just because it made such a nice contract with Ushimi, as far as, like, they're so different, but they make such a nice pair. Uh, yeah, no, I especially like the bit where they're, like, they first see a photo of what, um, Rizusuke looks like, and they're like, what do you see in this man? There's nothing cool about him. <laughs> and it, it's like the worst. What a loser. It's like, it's, you know, it's just, it's the worst photo. Like there's something blurry in the foreground and he's kind of half behind it. And it's like, oh, you two are good. You're good friends. <laughs> and I also, trying. I also really want to like, one of the things I also really liked about their character, especially Washimi, is when, um, Retsuko is in pain. And they're like, dude, no, he's not a good partner to you because he's not taking breaks for you. Like, you're putting out so much more than you're getting from this. And that was something, like, I really liked about that performance and their delivery of it. No, I, I, I actually agree with that a lot. Like, I like the way that it, it, it positions them as being, like, actual friends in the sense of, like, they like they have each other's backs. And they're like, yeah, no, don't do not do that. Like, don't make, don't make yourself miserable for on like the off chance that you you know you know this this you know when they talk about like all right we understand you're planning to get married but like that has a lot of pitfalls and you should consider that before you just go whole hog for it because yeah you don't want to be miserable like that like, that was a it. really good scene where they're where they're sort of at the uh, at the bar and that she's talking about her plan to just get married and leave her job and they're trying to talk her out of it. Like, for a, sh for a show about, like, funny Sanrio animals, this felt very adult in certain ways, and I kind of appreciated that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I like this. Yeah, they, and, and I thought that vocal performance brought a lot to that. Like, I enjoyed these two a lot. They were very good. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, so I'll start with uh, J.K. Bowes here, since we talked a little bit about her in the previous section. Um, I know things can get a little bit divisive when it comes to multicast, to multicasting, my bad. Uh, but I honestly would not have known that Gory and Jinoda were played by the same actress if the credits hadn't pointed that out to me, so... Uh, but... I never looked at the credits before today. I found that out tonight. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, right I... here. Oh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh I would no, nope, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, so to me, that speaks both to how strong her rage is and how differently she played these two characters. 
And uh, Gory was a lot of fun since uh, while she clearly has a lot more life experience than Retsuko does, she never looks down on her and uh, we see that she has a lot of her own insecurities which made for a pretty good laugh. And especially when you know she just like suddenly crashes at Retsuko's place to cry, that was like pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, when she gets broken up with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was a little mixed on her having like a little bit of a sassy black women voice since, you know, Gory's a gorilla and those implications, but it never goes... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, mean, but it never, I mean, but it never goes, like, too far. The performance is charming enough that you can overlook that pretty easily, and uh, I had a really great time listening to her. Uh, Terra Platt's Mashimi was kind of interesting because I recognized her from the trailer, but I hadn't seen Terra Platt in something outside of Sudiopolis in such a long time that I wasn't totally sure. Uh, but it was really great seeing her here. Uh, Tara's played plenty of mature women in the past, and she was really great at making Washimi sound calm and refined, while never getting to the point where she sounded too above it all, since, like Gory, she's just trying to look out for Retsuko. And, uh, that kind of warm, almost mob-like concern also really shines through whenever she's trying to advise her, and, uh, Tara's really great at that stuff, too. Also, like I said before, watching Washimi kicked out of CEO's desk was, like, really great. Girl doesn't play. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I like when she's like, uh, when they're talking about how Sinoda gets things done, she's like, yeah, no, I use that as the last option. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was great. Like, where this lady will kick down a desk before she'll she'll kiss ass, and that's awesome. <laughs> uh, that was great. Alright. Uh, so, ready to move on to the next pair? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's story time! <laughs> okay, uh, I have it pulled up! Oh, no. oh boy. Uh, so our next pair is Fenico and Haida, who are Retsuko's closest friends at work. Uh, Fenico is a bit of a troll who spends time stalking people on social media, while Haida secretly pines for Retsuko. Uh, so playing Fenico, we have Caitlin Gold, and for Haida, we have good old Ben Biscuit. Uh, oh, yeah, bitch. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Caitlin Galt, you have heard as Morgan Le Fay in Fate Apocrypha, Strum and Grand Blue Fantasy the Animation, and Bro Professor Nelson and Professor Badcock from Little Witch Academia. Uh, ben Diskin's resume basically speaks for itself at this point, but you've heard him as Ash Roller in Excel World, Lance from Pokemon Generations, and Joseph Josar from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Season 1. Let's talk about Haida and Fenico. I guess I'll just start with Haida. Uh, ben Diskins plays a really good, lovable, dumb loser. Because that's what Haida is. A big, dumb loser. He's trying to pine... I think, didn't they describe the scene where he fixes Fenico's computer? I think Patrick said his... Uh, he said Patrick's direction was, Act like you're hiding a boner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny, because it's accurate. <laughs> But man, Haida, he gets, like, Haida is a nice guy, but Haida's also a huge dork and loser who's also probably into death metal from what, or like, I don't know, I feel like Haida's less death metal and more wake me up inside, I mean, if I you mean, catch I my mean, drift. I mean, yeah, their basis this just seems to be that he owns all of their jacket, which could mean any number of things, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he also has the red striped shirt. I'm on roots. <laughs> like, oh, he's probably not heavy metal, but he's probably like Ramones. Yeah. When you you know when you said leather jackets, you know what the one thing I thought of was what? No. 
We're here for the Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna be there for it, Amon, but when we're all down in Texas at the Airbnb, I'm telling him the story. Oh no. Be sure to film it. Oh, of course we're gonna film my death. We gotta do it for the vine. Uh, but no, uh, but no, I, I really like Haida. I think Ben gets a lot of his confused boner hiding leather, leather evanescence boy, like makes bad Naruto AMVs to Lincoln Park. Um, fursona down oh what's please tell me the actress's name that plays Fedigo. Caitlin yes. okay first of all one when Andrew told me that she was Morgan Le Fay my immediate reaction was to get very angry <laughs> because I immediately thought of Mordred's conception and fate <laughs> oh, um, no. I hung the phone up on him I was that angry <laughs> uh, but man Fedico is the the patronus of every office troll ever Ha 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 I could listen to a 10 hour loop of her monotone laugh. <laughs> but I think my other thing is that she gets the really bitchiness across, especially to Sunoda. I also like when she gets drunk at the singles party, where she's like, singles parties are awesome. <laughs> I think that she she really works as the deadpan to a gr- to res- Let's go. Thank you. Her over-emotionality. Uh, so I think they work as a pair, and I've talked long enough, so go ahead. Yeah, um... I... I'm, I guess I'll start with Fenico. Um... Like, I, I really like that she's sort of the, um... Like, she's sort of the moral ambiguity of the of the trio between Retsuko, Haida, and, and Fenico. Like, she is the biggest social media stalker. She has little moral compass when it comes to uh, joking about other people. Like, it... It's a funny character, and I kind of like that she's sort of the better wingman to Retsuko at the uh, at the office mixer than, like, Monomaru. Because she's just like, oh, yeah. Pay attention to the exits. Uh, if anybody starts creeping on you, get out, you know, that kind of stuff. Before she she's told that it's just an office mixer. <laughs> like that... I, I really like that scene, because it, it just kind of shows, like, the comedic timing of, uh, of both Caitlin Galt and uh, G.K. Bowes. Like, I, I, I really liked it. And, um... God, Ben Diskin is Haida. I identify with this character, like, so much, because he is such a dork. <laughs> but you're more successful than him, technically. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Hello, I'm right fucking here! But, uh, Surprise, kids! <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know... Yeah. But, um... Like it's it's kind of funny that it was you talked about the story of Patrick Seitz and like how he told uh, Ben Diskin that the the scene where he's fixing Retzko's computer it it's basically he was asked to uh, play Haida like he was hiding a boner like that that's funny because it makes a lot of sense. I was gonna say you want to know what my favorite apparent Patrick Seitz story is is that when they were recording. Um... I think it was your line, April. He just had a little sign that said, Let's suck, please. 
Oh yeah, I remember that tweet. <laughs> uh, uh, Patrick Seitz is a good dude. Uh, but I, I, I love just how Ben Diskin plays Hyena as like this, this lovesick loser. I don't even want to call him a loser because he's like a really, really good guy and it feels like he's, he's eventually going to... If he doesn't end up with Rutsko, he's eventually going to just find somebody who makes him happy. Uh, I, I like that. Okay, uh, Amon? Yeah, no, these these two were a hoop. Um, I also liked Caitlyn uh, playing Fenico. <laughs> just, yeah, she, she's, a good, she's a good friend. Um, but she's also kind of blunt. <laughs> it's just a, just not not mean, but like she'll she'll rib you when it when you've earned it. When you when you put your foot in it, she'll point that out and laugh at you mockingly. Um. Yeah. Um. And um. I also enjoyed Bed Diskin a lot because I also used to be that dork. And I feel his stupid, stupid pain. <laughs> and, and, and much like Kaida, if you actually ask women out, it works out a lot better for you than not, so try that, kids. Um... <laughs> hey, it worked for at least three of us on this episode! <laughs> Pretty much. Um, Sorry, Jet. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I just enjoy just how well he played it. Like, I'm well-meaning! kind of a whip and I'd, ra I'd rather ask my buddy to prevent this woman from hooking up with somebody than just asking her myself because also also he, he is responsible for my second favorite moment of the show which is where he's defeated by a can of coffee oh yeah where he just trips on he's like out strong <laughs> yeah, <that was> great. <laughs> he just he tries he tries to kick it and he just slips on it and falls down and gets pneumonia and it's like all I, Perfect. all I know, like when he slips on the can. Perfect. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> um, friend. Yeah, they're they're both an absolute delight to listen to. They were very good. Uh, they they were part of the reason that um I don't know I don't know if Netflix would do it, but I I, I believe that the older like shorts that preceded this TV show aren't streaming anywhere, and I kind of hope they pick them up and put them out in some fashion because uh, I'd certainly be happy to hear a lot of these people doing these characters again, these two in particular. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I'm, yeah, that's that's those are my thoughts. Okay. Yeah, so I haven't heard too much of Caitlin Galt's work. Uh... I mean, uh, you heard a little bit of her a little with Academia, and that made it clear she has some pretty good rage, and um, this basically cements that since her Fetico doesn't really sound like either of the characters he played in that show. Uh, she's got that really dry, deadpan voice that's perfection, and she was great at making Fetico sound as snarky as possible, while also making it clear that beneath the surface she really does care about Retsuko and kind of wants to look out for her. Uh, as far as Ben Diskin as Haida goes, um, it's basically gotten to the point where I expect the unexpected pretty much every time Ben Diskin does something new, and uh, this was a little unexpected for me. Uh, he's certainly so no stranger to comedic roles at this point, but uh, Haida was definitely a lot more laid back and friendly than I'm used to hearing Ben Diskin do, and it was really nice seeing him do something a little bit more relaxed. Especially since, you know, he's known a lot more for, you know, the super wacky performances. And uh, Heine himself was also a very pleasant surprise since it felt the show could have played him up between either being like, you know, this perfect nice guy or, you know, secretly being a jerk. 
But it goes for like the more realistic take where he is a pretty nice guy and you know he's he's ultimate he was ultimately willing to let Retsko be happy when it looked like she actually was dating someone else. Well, you know, he's he's not above being, you know, kinda of having that sort of petty jealousy and also admitting towards the end that he was actually more into the idea of Retsko than Retsko herself. And, uh, I mean, I wasn't too sure if I wanted those two to hook up in the end, which is why I'm kind of glad the show left that a little ambiguous, but I, I feel like they would have been a nice little couple. But, I mean, hey, at the very least, if they if they don't actually start dating, he at least has a guitar, so they could always form a death metal band together. How much do you want to bet that, like, Fenico has, like, a bass hidden somewhere? Fenico is gonna turn... For all we know, like, Fenico is, like, the Futaba of this universe. Or, like, she has, like, a niece that's <laughs> Futaba and she taught her everything. Yeah, that'd be great. So you know that we're out yeah. there. Let's see how many times I can sing in an episode. <laughs> Alright. Okay, so, uh, so, we are actually re- so we are actually reaching towards the end of our segment here. And getting into some of our final characters for the evening. And, uh, first up, we have Tone. Uh, Tone is Retsko's supervisor at work, and is a literal sexist pig who makes everyone's lives miserable with his bad attitude. Effectively kind of serving as our show's antagonist, in a sense. Tone! So anyway, Tone is played by Josh Petersdorf. And, uh, this is actually his first anime role, but he has a pretty solid amount of uh, video game credits, including, uh, Galio from League of Legends, Terminus from- Wait, what? He's Galio? Yeah, apparently. He's Terminus from League of Legends- I mean, no, from from Paladins, my bad. And, uh, funny enough because- Funny enough because Hardy brought this up to me, he's Roadhog from Overwatch. Oh, uh-huh. wow. Fuck Roadhog! <laughs> Fuck Roadhog! That's really cool! <laughs> Fuck Bastion! Fuck Junkrat! Fuck Roadhogs! Megan, Megan. Fucking grabbing me with their fucking hooks and kicking me in the face! I just want to shoot things down as D.Va, you assholes! Megan, Megan, do we have a lot of Overwatch feelings? Uh, I used the main Roadhog for a little while. <laughs> okay, so first you. Okay, so on our first date, you insult our, my gotcha luck at the dinner table. Now you're a Roadhog man? <laughs> Anything else you want to reveal tonight? I was a. I was a Roadhog main. Keyword there was. Who did you switch to? I really don't have a main now. Like, I. I it's mostly between, uh. I think it's like mostly McCree and uh I wanna say Bastion. Alright, well one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> yeah. Can't win them all. I love you anyway. <laughs> okay, uh so what are your thoughts, Megan? Um Man, this was such an interesting character too. Um Josh does a really good job at first of all one, the rap battle. Uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, there's a rap battle with Roadhog. Um, so for any of you, like, people who make, like, dumb YouTube poops of Overwatch, you now have infinite fodder. Double points if you make Todd's character- You're welcome. Double points if you make Todd's character junk rat. Um. (laughs) Uh, I'm just more amazed to know that he plays Galio. I actually, I actually play, I play more League of Legends than I do Overwatch, and- 
Galio, Galio is a very fun kind of actually dude bro-y voice, which is what I'm used to hearing him more as. Um, but he plays a really complex character, actually. And it's, it's really it's really easy to write off Tan as just the stereotype of a sexist pig. Because he is a, se an, a literal sexist pig. But he's also a sexist pig that has some points sometimes. Uh, like, I don't agree with him at all in the scene where they're at the office party where the rap battle happens. Where he's like, I'm just so used to back in my day, this was the way it was. And now you kids these days have it so easy. It's like, yeah, no, just because that was... It. And he kind of has, like, that old, like, your old drunk uncle voice in that scene. But here's the thing. Your old drunk uncle... Your sexist old drunk uncle is, is fucking wrong. <laughs> but to me, the scene that I think kind of sold me on the complication is when um, it's the end of the quarter. And I guess Retzko is making tea. And she's still in that lovey-dovey state about uh, Risasuke. And uh, at, the, at that point, he's called her basically useless. He's like, we're down four members if you count Calendar. But she's making tea, and he, I think of all people, is actually the one that snaps her out of her lovey-dovey days. Where he's like... We're all, we all come to work to do the best that we can to get through this together. And he's the one who says you can't give more than you put out. That's just not work efficient. And she's like, you know, you can be a good person sometimes. But it doesn't excuse the fact that he is a literal sexist pig who is harassed. Uh, I just want to call him by the actress's name! <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it soon. Almost there, Megan. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Ah! I just want to call her my actress's name. Almost, ah! You can almost do it. I can almost taste it. <laughs> Tastes like chicken. Um, but no, like. I think that Josh does a really good job playing the big, burly stuff. He also gets this really creepy comedic moments where Ton is trying to be nice to everybody. And he's, like, putting the fake smile on. It's like, hey, guys, let's just be productive. And everyone's just cramming into the tea room to escape it. <laughs> um, but no, I, I genuinely enjoy the performance. It's a contender for one of, actually, one of the best of the year, too. Um, for for something that for such a, a vile a vile person it's it's not that he's the villain of the show it's that he's the antagonist he's not evil he's just set in his ways and his ways are awful and get called out in the show but he also can be a good person if he would just stop being a sexist asshole and i think josh sells it and here, i'm gonna here. let roots talk yeah uh Tone's a really complicated character. I, um... Like, I, I really like, uh... Josh Petersdorf's performance as Tone. I I think he gets sort of that... That grumpy... Old man... Personality through. But then... Like, those brief moments of brevity... Like, during the, uh... Like, during the office party... And when he's trying to snap Retzko out of her... Out of her lovey-dovey funk. Like, 
there's still a little bit of humanity in there, and it's it's really interesting, like how how he projects his voice in those moments compared to, you know, when he's yelling out T, <laughs> and and like calling Redsko Calendar and all that, because her days are numbered. Oh, uh, that was a really great punchline. <laughs> like. I, I, I really like this performance, and uh, I'm really sad that there's not much more I can say that Megan hasn't already, but she she nailed my points really, really well, so. <clears throat> it, it was it was a really solid performance that I absolutely loved. Okay, uh, Anna? Yeah, no, I, I also enjoyed him a lot. He was very... <laughs> He's just very entertaining playing this, just the most obnoxious, like the most obnoxious dude in your office who has all the power and likes to spend a lot of time about how he really needs a vacation from practicing his golf swing. I just love the, I just love the <laughs> bit where, where uh, Komiya comes up and he's found his country club up in the mountains with a hot spring and how we should all go to it because we deserve a vacation. And it's like, we deserve are, a vacation. vacation. And, and Retsuko's <laughs> just looking there and it's like, you guys are so full of crap. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's just he's just delightful he's just the right level of obnoxious that he's funny rather than grating uh and the rap battle is great and uh, you know sometimes sometimes he's gotta he's gotta you know it's gotta be a little bit of a touching moment he can uh, he can tone it down for that too so i i i enjoyed josh a lot i thought he did, he did really well with this role um he's, he's one of the characters in the show that kind of makes me wish the show were a little bit longer just so there could be a little bit more of them yeah it's really fun to listen to Okay. Uh, so obviously I'm not super familiar with Josh Petersdorf since I haven't, you know, played League of Legends or Overwatch. I know I suck. Uh, but uh, I gotta say, this was a really strong first impression. Uh, he was really great at, you know, making tone sound as gruff and unlikable as possible while also being pretty funny. And I especially got a really great laugh out of his diss rap since, uh, awful as it was, he also kind of have to admit his assessment of Retsko also wasn't, like, completely wrong either, which is, uh, also a pretty good segue to talking about the character himself. Um, it's very clear that we aren't supposed to like him, and the show never pulls any weird 180s into making him quote-unquote sympathetic. Uh, but it does, you know, just kind of demonstrate that, hey, when the tips are down, he's actually pretty good at his job. And he, and he also knows how to be a lot more straight with Retsko than any of her friends are on how she tends to run away from her problems. And uh, it goes a long way towards making him feel a little bit more human while also, you know, never straying away from the fact that, hey, this guy's kind of a jerk. And uh, it really speaks, and it really speaks to both how well... Still working on uh, regret though. Oh, so, so it just really speaks to how well both the character is written and how great Johnson's performance was. Uh, since he was really great at playing both sides of that character. So uh, it was really well done. Yeah, no, Andrew kept calling me, and I was just like, Dude, we're working on this! Oh. So, everybody, let's take the time to do everyone's favorite activity! Tasteless jokes at Andrew's expense! What do you have for us tonight, <laughs> Megan? Well, well, well. Uh, I can't- Well, you know what? Normally, we make tasteless jokes at Andrew's expense, but today we're not, because as of the Friday- before we recorded this yesterday, we're recording this on May 12th, uh, Andrew graduated college. Woo! Congratulations, I'm surprised man. you actually can read something beyond a picture book. 
but you have to admit that was a little cute. Yeah. <laughs> he can read manga. That's more than pictures. That has words, too. <laughs> Oh. We're sorry, buddy. We love you, man. We love you, man. Congratulations. You're you're he's actually really talented. He made a movie. It's really funny. There's a line in it that actually pretty much almost destroyed me. Have you guys seen his movie yet? I have not had the chance to. I haven't been oh, able to finish it, it yet, but either. I got about halfway through. Did you get to the part where they're outside the office yet, Roots? Um, I don't think so. Okay, it's right. It's during that. It, it's a it's it's a very funny joke about the band Queen. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Also, Jet, before you move on, don't feel bad about never having played League of Legends. I'm there because it's Stockholm syndrome at this point. Uh, so, okay, that's a pretty good segue because then it is time to talk about our final character of the evening, and the spirit animal of millennials herself, Rex. Yay! <laughs> I can finally use her actress! <laughs> okay, uh, so Rensko is a red panda who hates her job and her overbearing boss and chooses to vet her frustrations through death metal karaoke sessions. And playing Rensko, we actually have two individuals. Since, like we said earlier in the podcast, the death metal songs were actually done into English and a separate singer was hired to do them. So for death metal Rensko, we have Jameson Boaz who has one other named anime credit as Hoover Aizwa in Gundam Thunderbolt, and is, you know, primarily known for his work in music. And for normal Retsuko, we have one Erica Mendez, who we have talked about many times on this podcast, and he we know as Godfreaks from Hunter x Hunter, Ryuka Matoi from Kill a Kill, Haruka Tenjo, aka Sailor Uranus from the Viz Redub of Sailor Moon, and Nico Yazawa from Love Live. Nico, Nico, no! <laughs> oh man, who has never actually seen the Love Live anime? Me. I haven't. I just haven't seen the dub. Okay. If you've never seen the Love Live anime ever, there's actually a scene where Muse talks about changing up their image, and they come. To do they suggest turning themselves into some sort of hardcore metal outfit? No, but they do come dressed as Kiss and scare the school. <laughs> <laughs> and there has been, like, the oh, longest no. petition by fans on the internet to get that as, like, a promo rare card is the set of them all dressed as Kiss. I mean, they could probably do it. Kiss will license that shit to anybody. <laughs> I'm shocked they haven't done it already. That would be super easy uh, to do. They don't make a lot of... They only make uh, new Muse cards that are, like, super rare and above. That's why. It's 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 mostly Aqua at this point. Um, but, yeah, I guess I'll take over so I can finally stop calling her Bregretzko. But, no, I really, really enjoyed this. And um, I've talked about it a little bit on... Thank you for remembering this brain. I need to record those lines after. Um, this is something I talked about in Cardcaptor Sakura, which is I'm usually not a big fan of dubbed songs. Um, I feel like sometimes that they try to pigeonhole actors into singing uh, songs that may be at a different register than them, or they just don't have the same vocal uh, match and to me, as somebody who listens to music, um, 
if the vocals are not what I'm used to when I hear the sub version, uh, the Japanese version of the song, and went into English, um, it would lose it on me. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Agretzko isn't a show that I got the chance to watch the Japanese in. But one of the things I like is that they actually got a metal singer to come sing all of uh, Retzko's heavy metal. And I think it's hysterical that it's a dude voice. I love that they went with a male singer and not a, like a female metal singer. There's something funnier about it to me. Yeah. And like when he's singing, like it, it, it probably. Oh no! Go ahead. I was gonna say it probably helps that there that while they do exist, there aren't a lot of female. There are a lot of women who sing death metal. There's the woman from Arch Enemy. And the other woman from Arch Enemy who replaced the first woman from Arch Enemy, and that's about it as far as I <laughs> nice. know. Nice. But no, like, literally getting to hear, uh, Josh, you said. What's his, uh, if it can give me the scene? Uh, ja Jason? Uh, Jameson Boaz. Oh, Jameson Boaz. Hearing him scream really loudly, You're a piece of shit! You're a piece of shit! I hate you! <laughs> like, is so cathartic coming off of Erica Mendez as Retzko, who is kind of this soft-spoken emotional pushover who's like, I think like Puko's like, you're the type of person who buys a pair of socks at a, at a department store because you feel bad walking out without buying something. Like, yeah. it's so funny and it's just, a lot of times that would be like really jarring. But the thing is like, it's supposed to be jarring. Like, this is supposed to be weird to outsiders that Retzko sings death metal to feel better. And it's it's kind of played for a laugh, but at the same time, it's really, after a while, you seriously, like, kind of realize, like, it's kind of cathartic, Retzko being into singing death metal. Because uh, even me, who works at an office job, like, I, I, everyone kind of, like, laughs with me, laughs about it on the podcast, and I've been shamed for it. Like, I love coming home from the office and playing Love Live for a couple hours. Like, it's really therapeutic for me. And, like, uh, like, even sometimes, like, people are like, why are you so into anime and stuff? It's like, no, it's, like, completely therapeutic coming back from an office job where, uh, a lot of times I don't get to be who I really am because you have to maintain decorum and stuff uh, and you have to be professional you can't I, I can't go around just like when one of my co-workers is being an asshole and just be like hey fuck off like I can in the dub talk chat if Andrew or like Hardy's being a jerk to me I can't be like hey guess what go fuck yourself asshole for like in like a nice way like obviously like there are times when we're actually having like a real dispute with each other we like sit down and be like hey look like what the hell is going on with you like what the hell is going on but I think that the show does a really good job. Oh god. I think screaming has killed my voice. <coughs> oh, I hurt myself. Oh, no. I hurt myself. Oh shit. Fuck that hurts. Um Oh god. Uh but you get what I'm saying? I'm rambling roots go. Oh yeah. god, I'm an idiot. Oh no. Get some hot water when we're when we're done recording. I'm going to eat something. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really like Erica Mendez's sort of pushovery, like she she is clearly like the person everybody dumps their problems on in the office, and she she tries to take it in stride and for the most part succeeds, and then you get 
Jameson Boaz is like the screamy death metal side of her and like like this is where I have to give a lot of props to the uh to the script writing here because the uh the metal songs are all great like all of them especially the especially Retsuko's response to the rap battle at the uh at the office mixer <laughs> Like, oh, that was fantastic. You're a piece of shit! <laughs> Where she rocks so hard, everybody gets amnesia of the night. I know, it's like, some of them get amnesia, and then some of them she, like, specifically knocks them out to make yeah. them forget. <laughs> and then, like, the lovey-dovey arc of episodes 9 and 10 was also really good. You are the space guy. <laughs> I okay, I didn't mention that. Erica Mendez also gets to sing in this show. Yeah. And, like, I, I really love the fact that episode 9 didn't get a single metal song in it because it was replaced with that sugary pop kind of the the, the disney ballad yeah and and even the the ending credits got like this bubbly kind of thing and it was it was great but back to the english performances i really liked erica mendez as let's go like she gave an energy to the character that that was kind of needed also, I do have to note that the, um, I believe it was also, like, another heavy metal singer who did it in the Japanese version. Yeah, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, it says, I, uh... I'd have to double check. Uh, yeah, I, I have a and up. It's, uh, Rarecho? Rareco. Rareco, who's also the director and writer. Oh, oh okay! Like, oh, 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 I didn't oh, know that. Yeah, that's, that's too. really oh, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, yeah, uh... I, 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 he, he's done a bunch of short comedy in the past, which I assume is the main reason he was hired, but I was actually wondering, it's like, did they hire him because he can do that himself? Like, they wouldn't have to find a death metal vocalist, we can just get the director. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but both of them were really good, they had really great funny moments. Um, Erica Mendez could kind of be a little somber when she needed to be, lovey-dovey when she needed to be. It was great, I loved it. <clears throat> Amon? Yeah, no, these two, I mean, I think these two are the ones, I, I don't think I'm saying anything too out there by saying these two made the show, probably. Um, Erica's just delightful. Um, she was, just, she was, like, she was sweet and relatable, but also, like, very good at, you know, you know, she, you know, Retsuko is angry or, like, angry, but she has to keep a nice face because she's in an office environment and she can't really, like, just tell people off. Um, I particularly like the bit where, um, Tubone's like hassling her for like getting something wrong and she's like stapled this photocopy of her happy face to it and she's like da 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 and Erica is just like well if it was that important why didn't you do it yourself <laughs> it was weird that's like so so seems so quiet and innocuous and gentle but it's what probably the most cunning thing anyone has said up to that point it was just really well done um, you know, I, I thought she was just perfectly cast in this role. I thought she brought a lot to it. Um, I, th I think the fact that, like, this is... Like, she, I think she, she's been key to a lot of why this show has done so well, and I think has actually reached an audience outside of, like, the typical people you would expect to watch this show. Um, so I, I, I give her a lot of credit for that. And I, I'm also very impressed by, um, what Jameson Boaz was doing, partially because, um, like I said, I watched the Japanese. A lot of time I was watching it, like, I don't really speak Japanese, so I was often wondering, how necessary are the subtitles here? Like, if I spoke Japanese, could I understand anything that's being sung here? Because usually when I think of death metal, it is not a genre that's big on lyrical clarity. 
big on noise, but not necessarily like yeah. being explicitly understood what the lyrics are. And I was actually very impressed that uh, Jameson was able to attain that intensity, but you can understand what all the lyrics are without any trouble. Like, which, which helps, because they're hilarious. Yeah. And it would be a really shame if that was hidden behind it being, you know, a little too growly. Um, yeah, and I thought he was just, he was just very, he, he, was, he was good. Like, I, li I like that they bothered to hire somebody who actually, like, you know, does this, you know, if not strictly professionally, at least as, like, you know, something they put a lot of work and effort into. I thought that really paid off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, so I'll start with Jameson Boaz. Uh, like you were saying, come on. I really appreciate that he that he was able to play the all the death metal segments with clarity. Like, he was very loud, but you could always very clearly understand everything that we, he was saying. And it worked very well because, again, the death metal stuff is kind of supposed to be the punchline, so it helps when you can actually understand it. And I also got to really give Patrick Sides credit for how he scripted the songs because, like Roots was saying, they're pretty much all fantastic. They were really funny. And, uh, yeah, it definitely brought a lot of energy to the show. And, uh, as far as Retsko goes, um, so, like with Ben Diskin, I pretty much always learn to expect great things whenever Erica Mendez does something new, and, uh, this is already one of my favorite performances of hers. Uh, she's really great at making Retsko sound simultaneously adorable and exhausted, and switches between perky and panicked pretty much seamlessly. Uh, Retsko herself is a very interesting character, of course, since, you know, she's meant to come off as super relatable and whatnot. Uh, but the show also isn't afraid to show that she's really bad at coping with her problems, like, really bad at coping with her problems. And, uh, the way in which she, like, always looks for a way out isn't exactly healthy. And, uh, you know, just watching her eventually grow to a realization that, hey, life sucks, but, you know, you kinda gotta put up with it, and, uh, you know, just make the most of what you got is a character arc that I'm sure, you know, pretty much everybody can relate to. But it's also one you never really see portrayed this honestly in most media. And, uh, Erica handled every aspect of that journey really well. And she made me both want to root for Retsko at times, while also making me want to scream at her for how badly she handled certain things. And, uh, the fact that I felt her for Retsko as much as I did really speaks to how great Erica's performance was, so... I had nothing to say, but well done. And also, and also really, I like- I just like spent the entire episode not being like, Girl, what are you thinking? Stop. Don't- <laughs> Don't date the boring panda. <laughs> <laughs> Do not date the space cadet from sales. It's not worth it. <laughs> Don't do it. He's the Even though he helped you when you threw up at the bar. <laughs> Look, be being generally nice is not is not an acceptable substitute for actual social. Say cases. it louder for the people in the back and the otaku out there. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm gonna get through to them. They got bigger problems. Watching episode of one of ReZero was a goddamn mistake. No, Subaru, you don't like her because she's attractive. You like her because she was the first person who was fucking nice to you, shallow kitty pool. Uh, <laughs> Alright, um, so I guess uh, that's a. These are the segues. Any of the final thoughts? So, Megan? Uh, yeah, no, I really enjoy this dub. This is a dub that's really accessible for a lot of people, especially for a Netflix dub. It's comfortable enough that it's it's got some stereotypical voices and jokes, but that's kind of the charm of it. And this is a show I've actually been suggesting to people at my office who aren't anime fans. Um, 
that they can watch it and laugh along with it, and it has really good quality. Like, this is a show that is going to get really popular. Like, even when I was out for dinner one night at a firehouse, because there's a firehouse subs near my work, um, a lot of the, the, some of the employees were actually talking about Agretzko. Like, they were like, have you watched this thing called Agretzko? It's about a red panda girl. Like, this is something that's going to probably blow up as a cultural phenomenon in America, hopefully, because, hey, it's a thing on Netflix, and it looks cute, and a lot of people are going to watch it, and um, I think it's the writing and the direction of it really captures a sense of Japanese office culture, but it also makes it accessible to Americans, because we've been in a lot of these situations. Um, so good on the team, and awesome job. Okay, Roots? Yeah, um, this was, I didn't go into this expecting it to be as biting a commentary on Japanese business culture as it ended up being. And I, I really, while the dub wasn't quite able to, uh, you know, deal with some of the more, some of the more biting matters of, like, commentary that would be relevant with, with the Jap Japanese business culture... Uh, it was very funny, and it had a lot to say about, in general, corporate culture. And I, I have to say, with uh, between this and Devilman kind of becoming zeitgeists, uh, it really kind of feels like Netflix is starting to come into its own as it's as like an anime broadcaster. And I, I would really like to see them like acquire more shows like this because like like Megan said this was this is actually getting talked about by people whom we assume don't typically talk about anime so uh good on you Patrick Seitz good on you Erica Mendez good on you Casa Gretzko. this is really good stuff and I could I could recommend this without issue okay Amon no, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed this dub a lot. Um, I think Agretzko is a really interesting show, just in terms of just in terms of like its content and its thematics and what it wants to talk about, which I feel like is something I don't I like. Never mind not seeing an anime. I feel like I generally don't see in like the majority of media I consume. Like you know, there are some like there are some workplace comedies that sometimes edge into this stuff, but usually not quite as bluntly in my mind. Um, and I, I feel like the dub has done a good job of making this accessible to like both it's just good in its own right and also just accessible to a wider audience like i don't like i think it's we were, we were commenting when this was coming out this was like the first of netflix's like anime licenses that they really spent a lot of time promoting on their own to the point where the u.s netflix twitter account is description for a while just said this is an agretzko stan account um <laughs> like they, they like and i and I, I don't think that's a coincidence i think they looked at this and thought like hey this isn't just like a fun action cartoon for kids. This is something that, like, your average whoever who comes on here to watch The Office or something would definitely watch this. We should we should push this because this will go to a lot more than just, like, the, you know, the standard group of people who like to watch a lot of anime. And I think the dub definitely helped with that, if for no other reason than, like, people are going to be way more accepting to try this out if they don't have to, you know, read subtitles and so on. And I think that it is such a high-quality dub helps that immensely. 
um, rather than something that was just kind of phoned in and you know be you know serviceable but not great. Um, so I'm, I'm like really happy with this, and I'm really happy that it's it's here. Yeah, like prop, props all around. This is a really great great uh, just a wonderful dub. Okay, um, so I gotta say, I really was not expecting to like this show as much as I ended, as much as I ended up. Uh, I came into it expecting, you know, a cute but probably harmless comedy about office culture, and I walked away with a much more honest depiction of said culture than I was expecting, uh, in addition to, you know, some gender politics stuff, millennials versus baby boomers, the, ins the ins and outs of how we escape from our problems. A bunch of very adult matters that, you know, we don't really see talked about that much, and frankly, much of anything. And the fact that you can blow through this show in literally under three hours and get so much out of it is, that's pretty incredible. And it was definitely helped a lot by its fantastic dub. Uh, it's very liberal to be sure, but it manages to make things work by translating things over to a more mainstream audience while still retaining the spirit of what makes the material interesting. And, uh, the result was really something to behold. Uh, if you told me going into this that this show is going to be one of my contenders for one of the best of this year, I probably would not have believed you, but, well, here we are. And I gotta give some serious props to both Patrick Seitz and Chris and Parati for putting together such a seller cast. This is really great. Alright. Do I get to tell my, uh, my work story now? Yes. Alright! Yeah, we are actually ridiculously good on time. Alright, yay! <laughs> Let me tell you a fun story about my office. Um, so full disclosure, uh, my team at work works across, like, several different offices. Uh, one international and the rest are in the U.S. Um, my boss, my direct boss, is a very wonderful gentleman who is also a huge Star Wars nerd. Like, this man saw the the Force Awakens, like, seven times in theaters, dressed as Obi-Wan. So for Halloween oh last year, he came dressed as Obi-Wan to the office because they were doing a uh, trunk or treat at their office, which is um, the other one in Florida. They're in Orlando, we're in Tampa. So apparently, as he was walking around, uh, some lady, some other lady in the office sees him and goes, oh, I like your Shrek costume. <laughs> so while we were on the call that night one of my other co-workers uh is leading it and he ends it off with uh so everyone have a happy halloween jeff we love your shrek costume and my boss was like you were all fired <laughs> he was so upset about that like my boss is like legitimately though i am super happy as like I have, like, probably one of the nicest, most understanding bosses in the world. My boss, uh, understands con lifestyle because he goes to Star Wars ones. So, thanks, boss. Uh, that being said, the other thing I would like to mention is that there actually is a furry con going on right now. Uh, not only is Sean Chiplock there, I just learned that Brian Massey is, too. <laughs> uh, of course there is a furry con. There's a lot of them. <laughs> Brian, Brian, he's also performing, so, hey, Brian Messi, you're cool. Also, B, furries are awesome, but legitimately, furries are awesome. They are super great. I live in Florida. The one, we actually have a pretty big furry con down here called Megaplex. They do a fuck ton of charity work. Like, a lot of their, their stuff and their proceeds go completely to charity. So, next, like, we've been kind of making tasteless jokes at their expense, 
but I need to reiterate this in case anybody who is watching is a furry. Guys, we're just kind of joking around here. Legitimately, the furry community is fantastic. Don't be a dick to- DON'T BE A DICK TO THE FURRY COMMUNITY! Yeah, this is a very pro-furry co- This is a very pro-furry podcast. Uh, okay. Anyway, time uh, to whore ourselves out. Yep, uh, so anything you guys want to plug. Hi, my name is Megan. When I'm not being an awful asshole on the internet, you can follow me at QueenNero2 on Twitter. You can hang out with me, Hardy, and Andrew over at the Funimation Forums and Discord. Uh, that's it. Okay, Roots? Yeah, you can find me on the Twitter.com at Roots of Justice, where I mainly just retweet cute animal pics and, like, Bart Simpson hitting Homer over the head with a chair memes. They're good, they're good memes, Roots. Like, they're, they're, they're great. I, I love the effort that people are putting into these. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, like, that'll probably be replaced by the next one, but... Uh, like, all, and also, like, YouTube page and blog that I'll do something with eventually. Okay, Roots, I will make a deal with you. If you do anything with either of those, I will buy you an anime of your choice. <laughs> <laughs> you got yourself a deal, buddy. Okay. Hey, Amon. <laughs> uh, you can, you can find me at, uh, on Twitter at Amon, Amon Duel US. Duel has two U's in it. Uh, where I usually retweet art and sometimes complain about comics or post music or something like that um you can also go to my frequently updated blog worldthatscoming.blogspot.com and you can look at how dusty it is and how all the lights are broken i've heard it's a lot of fun and uh i i I often give a a dusty old song when i do these and i'm in a bit of a pickle because given the show i want to do a death metal song but i have a problem i don't actually listen to a lot of death metal i know nothing about this genre uh, according to the internet, if you want to check it out, you can try Human by uh, Death, who are from Florida, because apparently Tampa has one of the big death metal scenes in the country. Heck yeah, we do! Yep. Um, but uh, And I listened to it, and I enjoyed it, but uh, I can't... You know, it sounds like death metal. It seemed fun. So instead, I'm going to recommend you check out some of Jamie Boaz's music. Uh, he has a SoundCloud page, and in particular, he is currently in a band called Epsilon Zero. We're going to apparently put out an album about a month ago. They also have a, uh, sorry, they have a, he has a SoundCloud page. Epsilon Zero also has a SoundCloud page where you can listen to their new album, which I believe is called uh, Requiem. So go give that a shot because oh, wait. he seems to be a kept talented dude. Yeah. Oh, wait, we're talking about death metal bands, right? Yeah. Oh, if you're also into death metal, you should check out a band called The Giraffes, not because... <laughs> it's, have you heard of them, Amon? Uh, you've told me about them because your cousin is in them? Is the bassist. There we go. My cousin Damien. <laughs> also, because um, it feels kind of relevant, uh, Death Clock's briefcase mm. full of guts. Mm, delicious. Okay, and as for me, you can find me on Twitter at the Videga, where I will usually be, you know, ranting about cartoons or anime or whatnot. I also have a blog, Animation Infinity, where I occasionally write about stuff, as well as doing reviews for the fandom posts. It's season I'm reviewing season three of My Hero Academia. Um, so, you know, you can go read that if you want to. Small, independent yeah. anime. Okay, and on that note, I think we are more or less done for tonight. So, uh, thanks for watching. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, I was gonna make a circle of life joke, but I couldn't think of a good one. <laughs> 
It's the circle of life! <laughs> circle of life! I take moves! I... <laughs>